Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and the Love Is Podcast. I'm excited to welcome the co-host, host of the Love Is Podcast, Kim Sorrell. Kim, how are you? And I know excited about our guest as we had the brothers on before, but now we have them alone to talk about this project. Isn't that true, Kim? Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. Andy Irwin, my word. I am a big fan of yours, I have to say. You have just this very unique way of finding the greatest stories, just the deepest stories. I can only imagine Jesus Revolution, one of my favorite movies of all time. You've, you're just doing it. And I am so happy to welcome you to our show. Thank you, guys. Neil and Kim, I appreciate y'all having us on. You know, it's been an exciting um, period of time to be a person of faith in, in, in entertainment. And uh, for a long time, we were kind of the redheaded stepchild that, you know, the industry just tolerated and put up with. And then for the first time, uh, we're getting invited to kind of be able to tell our stories on the biggest stage. And um, so, you know, it's been awesome to see moments of that, like I can imagine. Uh, Jesus Revolution was my brother's film that I got to produce, uh, be a producer on. But John, that was a passion project for him. And, you know, it was a risky endeavor. And to see the audience show up and really embrace that story uh, was special. And so it's uh, lovely to get to tell stories for a living. It's, it's, it's a privilege. Awesome. You know, and so when you thought about this project, what made you excited about this project when you first heard about it, you know? Well, this this story is, you know, it's a true story um, of, about a, a father that his wife um, has died of an illness and it turns out uh, uh, to be uh, something that his daughter has the same illness and needs a liver transplant. And he's fighting for his daughter's life, trying to keep his head above water. And this unlikely hero comes along. Uh, named Sharon that Hillary Swink plays in the film and fights for this family and tries to rally the community around them, led to the local church getting her airlifted out in the midst of the biggest blizzard in the history of Kentucky. And uh, it's just an amazing true story. It delivers a rush of hope, and that's a signature of any story we invest in. Uh, but it came to us from the most unlikely place, Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band, uh, had seen this story. He's not necessarily a person of faith that I understand, but he saw the story and fell in love with it and said, I want to see that made as a movie. And so he brought it to uh, a producer friend who brought it to Lionsgate. And Lionsgate was like, hey, this needs to, this is faith. It needs to go to our faith guys. So they brought it to us. We read the synopsis and found out it had to do with Southeast Christian Church in Louisville. And we said, not only do we know this story well, but the the chairman of our board is an elder at that church. We know exactly this story. We, we want to be a part of it. So it was just one that we're like, it's a rush of hope. And it's a story where the church gets to be the hero and you can't get something better than that. Wow. Ordinary Angels is the, the movie that you're talking about that is going to be released in February. And what a great story. And it's so funny that you say that about the church and the elder and whatever, because your movies uh, not just with that story, but every movie that I've read about, that I hear about the stories, there's stories of the actors that they came in a certain way and their story unfolds and stories of whoever and their story unfolds. It's like there's stories inside stories inside stories yeah. in all of the movies that you've done that I believe have all been top 10 in the box office opening weekend, right? Right. It's been it's been amazing because I think for a long time, you know, we were definitely outsiders in the industry. And then for the first time, um, uh, you know, the 
audience really flex their muscles this year with their tickets. So Jesus Revolution has a moment where it just is a special moment in time and does amazing in the box office. And then on the back of that, um, Angel Studios, their film Sound of Freedom comes out and just absolutely blows the doors wide open. And for the first time now, studios are coming to us and saying, we want to make more movies. And it's just a time where as Christians, your voice is being clearly heard. And it's just special. And we, we we try to not lose sight of the mission field of our movie sets. And so we, you know, as Christians in the entertainment industry, we specifically work with people from across the board. They don't have to be Christians to be a part of our product. And as long as we um, are the ones kind of telling the story. And so we, what we're finding is two things. People that are, they're uh, benevolent towards faith. They're not hostile towards it. And they're mainstream talent that's not afraid to do faith films now. And then the second thing is there's these Christians that are are big actors that are able to come out and say, I, this is what I believe too. So in this case, Alan Richson uh, stars in it with Hilary Swank. Alan's the star of the new uh, Reacher series on Amazon. And one of the biggest, most muscular guys I've ever met. Uh, but he's a former Marine and he has a, a YouTube channel that he preaches on. And so uh, to give him a platform to utilize his voice as a person of faith was extremely exciting. And what I'm hearing from all this is just, again, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I think it's all about community, how the churches are all going out, how everyone together are making these events when movies are not getting huge attendance anymore in the the theaters. And somehow because of the atmosphere, the expectation, everyone's just, you have the community that wants to keep going out and see great films. I mean, that is the case. It's, um, you know, I think uh, the industry has been a little bit freaked out because they've always, for the past 15 years, their staple has been superhero films. And superhero films was kind of what kept the industry, you know, uh, doing healthy for years. But after COVID, for whatever reason, superhero films just haven't been connecting. And uh, people are craving different kind of content. So the studios are desperately searching for a loyal fan base that will buy tickets to the theaters. And so on on the back end of that, to have Jesus Revolution Sound of Freedom make such a statement of the loyalty of this audience, that's why the studios now are coming to us and be like, how do we do more of this, more, more of these movies? So with with Kingdom, we've actually got five films coming out this year theatrically. And uh it's exciting to kind of to see the the audience really respected. Yeah, that is that is so exciting. And the films are such incredible quality. And I know you probably get that a lot because they used to be cheesy Christian films and for whatever reason, but now they're as good or better and better and better than anything else that's out there. And so I think people might be wondering, how does a kid from Alabama, I think you're from Alabama, end up sitting in the chair that you're sitting in? And I know your dad played a role in that and what, what he did for a living, but how did you get started on all of this? You know, it, it, my brother and I started when we were kids, and it was just kind of a uh, just a, a a crazy dream that we had of doing movies. You know, uh, but God kind of plants that in your heart, and you just chase it. And you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes times it doesn't. But my dad always said, "Whatever you give twenty years of your life to, you have the opportunity to be successful at." And so we just kind of paid our dues one day at a time trying our best to learn a craft that we didn't understand. And we were part of the cheese for a long time, um, you know, because there was a bunch of us Christians that were really trying 
hard to do a a craft that we didn't have a lot of training in. And so we had to learn on the job. And so there was a lot of pitfalls along the way of things that we had to just learn how to be able to do. Um, I think the exciting thing was though, is like, as you try things, you find your voice and you get the anger of what do you, what, what is it that you want to say? And so for us, it was a movie called Woodlawn. It was an Alabama story. Uh, it was not financially successful, but it was the movie we found our voice on. And we love telling underdog, redemption, true stories. That's what we do. And uh, that led to the movie I Can Only Imagine. And then that's what blew the doors off for us to be able to do it full time. And uh, But it was a, for a long time, it was just a big, expensive hobby until finally it became a career. And I'm privileged that I get to wake up every day and tell stories for a living now. Now, let's talk about you did. So a lot of people give up after, you know, not making money doing their passion projects. Right. Tell them not to give up. What would be your saying in that area? Because it would, before that ha- before the blockbuster, it was it was hey, you're just doing this as a, a, for an expensive hobby. Explain to people how they need to keep going regardless if they feel that there's these downtimes in their in their passion, what they love to do. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's like letting go of the entitlement. Uh, um, uh, you're not guaranteed a moment to win. Uh, it has to be a passion for the story and what you what you really want to say. And I think the most powerful moment for us, for me, the most powerful moment for me was when I let go of the fear of what people thought of me. And, and I stopped having this entitled, I need to be discovered. I need to be, and I just, I just had an open hand. And when we were doing the movie, I can only imagine we were coming off, you know, a, a, a loss for the last film. And we were in a pretty precarious place where we we're doing it independently it was a $7 million budget. I didn't have, um, Dennis Quaid was not a part of the film yet. Didn't have a star. And we're directing it in Oklahoma. And I came home for the first day of set and I had a panic attack. And I'm like, God, I'm either making the best movie ever or the worst. And I don't know which one it is right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and God just kind of whispered in my ear and, and it kind of impressed on me. Is like, is that okay? And I was like, well, God, if it's if it's the worst movie ever, it's it's yours. So I'm going to do my best. And there's something powerful that happens when instead of clinging to the boat, being afraid that you're going to drown, when you let go of the boat and you're like, I'm going to swim. And if I drowned, I drowned. And you just stop. Do I think you make a lot of stupid decisions when it's out of self-preservation and being afraid of looking stupid. And uh, and when you let go of that and you just go for it and just say, okay, if, if this is the last movie I ever do, then, then I, it's been a great run. It's been a great ride. And so we kind of just had this place of abandonment, just accepting like, hey, I'm already dead, man. I'm just going to do my best. And uh, and then all of a sudden you just re- rediscover the joy of storytelling rather than the desire to make it and be discovered. And that's the most pure movie I've ever been a part of. And then God just breathed on the moment and it opens, you know, does $86 million in the box office and just established us being able to do this for the rest of our life. Um you know, that was a moment that was unexpected, but it was when you have an open hand and just kind of a full heart. Wow. Great story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true. And and I love that movie. And I, I love your attitude. It's like divorcing yourself from the outcome, right? Like if people like it, people like it. If they don't, they don't. You're, you're doing what you believe God is sending you to do. And exactly. uh, that takes some guts a lot of times because you're going out on a limb in your business. There there aren't any guarantees. 
you can have a blockbuster and then the next movie doesn't doesn't do so well. And so it's uh it's good, I guess, that you it, it's it, the 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 thing that happens is you fall in love with the purpose, the calling, and the stories. And the successes don't define you and the failures don't destroy you. And uh and so like when I can only imagine came out and the opening weekend it you know does $17 million in the box office on 1700 screens. And, um, and I'm sitting in a, a, a food court at a, at a mall in Plano, Texas, the movie's playing next door at the theater. Nobody knows who I am. Everybody's walking by me. They you know, could care less, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I realize like the moment that's happening in real time. And instead of that being like a moment of validation, like I'm a big deal or, you know, I've made it or finally somebody recognized me. I didn't feel any of that. I felt gratitude. I just sat there with tears in my eyes and I said, God, how cool to be a part of a moment seeing you move. And I'm just grateful to be here. And, uh, and I think that's what replaces it. And so this, you know, I'm not in my movies. The successes don't define me and the failures don't destroy me. I just want to tell the story I'm telling as best I can do something that's honest and put it out there and release the results. All right. When does ordinary angels release? When's the release date? February 23rd. It will be everywhere. I'm so proud of this movie. Uh, it is a must watch. Uh, and then it'll be followed up uh, shortly after that by several other films we have coming out next year. It's going to be a busy year, but uh, the audience is being paid attention to as never before you vote with your movie ticket. You want to see more movies like this, see Ordinary Angels February 23rd. Well, we appreciate it, Andy. It was great stuff. And uh, wow. And uh, good luck with the rest of your uh, projects in 2024. It's going to be a great year for you, isn't it? I know it is. I can tell. I appreciate it, Neil Kim. Thank you for so much for lending your voice uh, to what we're doing and, uh, and using your platform. Well, thank you. All right. You're listening and watching the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and the Love is Podcast, guys. Take care.